0: Open the podcast bay door as hell. and welcome to episode 105 of Welcome to Geek Town. I'm your host, Kurt Onstead. I've been a proud geek all my life, being into role-playing games, board games, sci-fi, fantasy, and especially superheroes and comics. And I want to help others join me in those pursuits, but I've found that sometimes people can get overwhelmed or feel left out because they don't already have what some consider the requisite knowledge to be considered a fan. And that's where Welcome to Geek Town comes in, Here, you can ask your questions without feeling like a gatekeeper is calling you out for not yet being fully versed in every aspect of your new interest. This week, our question once again comes from Aiden L. He wanted to know who all the members of the Sinister Six have been over the years. The alliterative team of villains has shown up in nearly every animated adaptation of Spider-Man we've seen in the last 30 years, which has helped cement their position in pop culture. And it's looking like we may be getting a live-action version in Spider-Man No Way Home, releasing in just a couple of weeks. Let's go back to the very beginning and find all the different members of the team, according to the comics. The first iteration of the team appears very early in Spider-Man's career. Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number no. 1, released in January 1964 and written and drawn by Spider-Man's co-creators, Stanley and Steve Ditko, is when Dr. Octopus, the team's most common leader, first brought the Sinister Six together, recruiting Electro, Mysterio, Sandman, Vulture, and Craven the Hunter, the only one of the original six not to be seen on the big screen to date. The group goes to kidnap Betty Brant, one of Peter's love interests at the time, who also had been seen in the company of Spider-Man on more than one occasion, in order to force Spider-Man to confront them. Betty was being visited by Aunt May, who was searching for Peter as well, due to his missing school that day. At this point in the story, Peter was absorbed in his own thoughts about how his powers were on the wane, a common occurrence in the early Spider-Man stories. However, when he finds out that both Betty and May had been taken by the Sinister Six, he knows he has to face the group, despite his superpowers being on the fritz. Earlier in the tale, Craven specifically says, Each of us almost beat him all alone. Working together, how can we fail? But instead of actually working as a team, the six split up and each go to a separate location, leading Peter from one location to the next with a series of clues, making a gauntlet of sorts. In his first fight, against Electro, Peter's powers return in full force, and he easily defeats the first of the six followed in quick succession by Craven, Mysterio, Sandman, Vulture, and finally, Dr. Octopus. Aunt May, who early in Spidey's history was often portrayed as a doddering old woman that was barely aware of what was going on, was completely oblivious to the fact that she and Betty were taken by coercion and thought that the pair were simply houseguests. So, when Peter meets back up with the two ladies... May's first concern is Peter's missing school. The final scene shows the fledgling villain team arguing amongst themselves in a singular prison cell. In doing my research for this episode, I found something that was surprising to me. Now, I own the first 100 issues of Amazing Spider-Man in the hardcover format known as Marvel Masterworks and I've read nearly every Spider-Man book as it came out since I first started reading and collecting comics in the early 90s. However, while I've read most of the most well-known stories, via trade paperbacks and other reprints, I have a pretty decent gap in the 70s and 80s where I haven't read every single issue. But considering how ubiquitous the Sinister Six has been in mass media adaptations, I assume the team was a constant presence in the wall crawler's life. So imagine my surprise when I found out that the second story to involve the full team was the aptly titled Return of the Sinister Six, starting in Amazing Spider-Man number three hundred and thirty four, released in nineteen ninety. This appropriately length six issue storyline was written by David Michelini. And drawn by Eric Larson. This iteration of the team was nearly identical to the first. However, at this point, Craven was dead as a result of the end of the classic Craven's Last Hunt storyline. Taking Craven's place was the second hobgoblin, who at this point had received demonic powers not long ago, specifically during a crossover issue with the X Men story called Inferno. This story had Doc Ock releasing a chemical into the atmosphere that caused excruciating pain to anyone that used cocaine. He then planned to sell the cure to his creation to the wealthy and powerful, basically blackmailing them to allow them to continue to feed their habits. While cocaine use was prevalent in the 1980s, One wonders how successful this scheme would be with so many other drugs available to choose from, especially for the rich and powerful. Fortunately for Spider-Man, he had a mole inside the team this time, as Sandman had taken a more heroic turn recently and helped take down the others. Although he didn't want to, Spider-Man released the neutralizing agent into the atmosphere at the end of the story because it turned out that Doc Ock's original concoction was damaging the ozone layer. While there was a huge gap between the Sinister Six's first and second appearance, readers would not have to wait nearly as long for the third showing, which was in 1992's Revenge of the Sinister Six, published as a six-part story in issues 18 to 23 of Spider-Man sometimes called adjectiveless Spider-Man by fans, to differentiate it from Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, and other titles starring the Wallcrawler. This was both written and drawn by Eric Larson right before co-founding Image Comics. Apparently he wanted to get all of the Marvel characters out of his system before leaving, because the storyline also guest stars Hulk, Nova, Deathlock, Solo, and the Fantastic Four in varying capacities. As I mentioned, Sandman had helped take down the Sinister Six in the previous story, so part of Doc Ock's revenge was against William Baker himself, Sandman's real name, although he originally went by the alias Flint Marco in the comics, and used a special gun to turn Baker's normally malleable sand body into frozen glass, then shattering him into pieces. Replacing Sandman to keep the team's name accurate was a mindless monster known only as Gog that Dr. Octopus kept under his control and released in the final battle. That ending fight was decided by Sandman, who showed up at the last minute still stuck as glass. He slowly had figured out how to control this new form and used it to cut Doc Ock into ribbons, nearly killing him although Spidey stopped him from delivering a fatal blow and convinced him to stay on the heroic side for now. At this point, the idea of the Sinister Six was now firmly re-cemented into comic readers' minds, and so we start to see some variations. A Sinister Seven team was created by the Hobgoblin in order to take out the anti-hero Kane, a damaged Peter Parker clone, who was killing Spider-Man villains including usual Sinister Six commander, Dr. Octopus. Don't worry, he got better. That team consisted of Hobgoblin, Electro, Mysterio, and Vulture from earlier iterations, as well as the Beetle, Scorpion, and the Shocker. Kane was nearly killed by this team, but Spider-Man saved him, and the pair defeated this Sinister Seven and Spidey convinced Kane to stop the lethal attacks against his foes. A new version of the Sinister Six was put together by Sandman in 1999 in order to get revenge on Doc Ock, who was alive again. I told you he got better. For turning him into glass back in the Revenge of the Sinister Six story. Sandman was back to being a villain again, and recruited Electro and Vulture, along with Venom and new versions of Craven the Hunter and Mysterio, the originals having both killed themselves in previous stories. This team was once again defeated, and in the aftermath turned on each other, with Venom nearly killing Sandman, Electro, and Craven. With six villains never able to take down Spider-Man, Norman Osborn, a.k.a. the Green Goblin, ups the ante by reaching out to various others who had a grudge against Spidey and created the Sinister Twelve, consisting of Vulture and Electro, the only ones to make it into every team so far, along with Sandman, Hydroman, Chameleon, The Lizard, Shocker, Tombstone, Hammerhead, Boomerang, and Mac Gargan. Formerly the Scorpion, but at the time was the current host of the Venom symbiote. Once again, Spider-Man needed some help to defeat this mini-army, which he received in the form of the Fantastic Four, Black Cat, Daredevil, Yellow Jacket, Iron Man, and Captain America. We get an extraordinarily brief appearance by a new Sinister Six in the Civil War storyline. So brief that we only see them after the fight is over, Spider-Man villains Doc Ock, Lizard, Shocker, and Vulture were joined by Grim Reaper and Trapster to make up this half-dozen, but were subdued and left for SHIELD to find by Captain America and his team of unregistered heroes early in this crossover. The next iteration of the Sinister Six appeared on and off throughout Dan Slott's massive run on Amazing Spider-Man. Once again led by Dr. Octopus, this team consisted of founding members Electro, Sandman, and Mysterio, the original being Back from the Dead, with new members Rhino and Chameleon rounding out the team. This was during the period of time that Doc Ock's body was quickly deteriorating, and he was desperate to prove himself worthy of the world's respect and or fear. Between issues 648 and 687, Doc Ock and this version of the Sinister Six, in parts or as the whole team, would come up against Spider-Man and his allies again and again. At the time, Spider-Man was a member of the Avengers and replaced the Human Torch in the Fantastic Four slash Future Foundation. This team was defeated for good in issue 687, although Dr. Octopus's grand plan to take over Spider-Man's body succeeded just a few issues later in Amazing Spider-Man number 700. For more details on Octavius's run as the Superior Spider-Man, be sure to check out episode 98. Speaking of Superior Spider-Man, he fought an almost completely new team calling themselves the Sinister Six very soon after taking over Peter's body. The only returning members from any previous version were Boomerang and Shocker. The other members were Overdrive, Speed Demon, a new female beetle, daughter of fellow villain Tombstone, and the Living Brain, a robot almost never seen since his original appearance in Amazing Spider-Man number 8 back in 1964. This team was very quickly defeated by Superior Spider-Man, and the only last vestiges of Peter's personality stopped him from killing these foes. This team, minus the living brain, which now served as Superior Spider-Man's robotic assistant, went on to star in their own miniseries titled Superior Foes of Spider-Man, but despite the lofty sounding title, they were mostly played for laughs. Meanwhile, Otto, still in his Spider-Man phase, collected up most of the members of his previous Sinister Six, specifically Sandman, Electro, Chameleon, and Mysterio, as well as founding member Vulture, and using mind control technology, debuted them as a reformed team that he called the Superior Six. Unfortunately, an EMP was released in one of their first fights, freeing them from the mind control, and they once again had to be defeated, this time being detained by the proper authorities. I'm not going to bother talking about the Sinister 66 other than this brief mention because A, we never saw every member, and more importantly, B, They were hard-light holograms created by the interdimensional villain Mojo, so while they looked like many of Spidey's villains, it wasn't actually them. We have two more versions of the Sinister Six that had basically no ties to the original team. The first was put together by Swarm, a hive of bees that ate a Nazi scientist and absorbed his consciousness. The phrases you get to say when you talk comics are amazing. And consisted of lesser-known villains, Killer Shrike, Melter, The Squid, 8-Ball, and Delilah. This team fought against Spider-Man, not Doc Ock, the original was back by this point, and the X-Men students that Peter was teaching at the Jean Grey School for Higher Learning in issue number four of Spider-Man and the X-Men. There was a time when Spider-Man was everywhere. (laughs) The second of those two unrelated Sinister Six teams was formed by Aaron Davis, the uncle of the younger Miles Morales Spider-Man. Using a modified version of the Iron Spider armor, he recruited a female Electro, the original Hobgoblin, Sandman, the Spot, and Bombshell, whose daughter Lana later became a love interest for Miles. Thanks to Lana's help, Miles caught the team trying to steal a decommissioned shield helicarrier. He wasn't able to stop them from taking it, but he was able to meet up with his teammates in the Champions and track it down before they were able to sell it. The most recent storyline to involve the Sinister Six was a big one, and brought back nearly every member of previous teams in an arc titled Sinister War. Dr. Octopus, at the insistence of a new mysterious villain named Kindred, reformed much of the original team, including Sandman, Electro, along with resurrected villains Mysterio and Craven. The final member of the team was Lizard, who had been separated from his alter ego, Kirk Connors. In addition to the Sinister Six, Kindred had also arranged for other villainous teams to hunt down and kill Spider-Man, including the Superior Foes, mentioned earlier, the Savage Six, consisting of Vulture, Scorpion, Stegron, Tarantula, King Cobra, and Rhino, the Syndicate, an all-female team led by the Beetle, along with Electro, Scorpia, White Rabbit, Lady Octopus, and Trapster, and the Wild Pack, with members Jack-o'-Lantern, Black Ant, Taskmaster, Chance, and Slide being commanded by Foreigner. During this sinister war, the teams of villains ended up fighting each other nearly as often as they fought Spider-Man, which is probably the only reason that Peter was able to do as well as he did against this army of foes. So, to sum up, Doc Ock has the best claim to the Sinister Six name, and has a few go-tos when he puts together a team, but over the past 30 years or so, there have been quite a few different groups to take that name, made up of over a dozen different individuals. If you think I missed any, please let me know. Or if there's a question you want answered in a future episode, or just feedback on the show in general. I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to email me any comments or questions to welcome2geektown, to all spelled out, at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website, welcome2 the number two in this case, geektown.com, and click the submit a question link if you'd prefer to remain anonymous. Other contact options include Facebook.com welcome2geektown or Twitter at geektownpodcast. Also, if you'd like to support the show directly, come join the Patreon at patreon.com slash welcome to Geek Town for just a dollar per month to get access to full scripts of the shows, audio outtakes, and a monthly shout-out. You can also help the show grow by subscribing and giving a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts to join the Geek Town City Council, which helps other people find the show so we can all tell them welcome to Geek Town, population... Us. Welcome to Geek Town is written, narrated, edited, and produced by me, Kurt Onsten. Theme music is by Aaron Lovitz, logo art by Archie Santana. All other sound clips are the copyrighted material of their respective owners, and no infringement is intended, falling under fair use.